What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is coming from the Chord Progression Podcast. Yes, my voice shot because I'm shooting this one pretty much right after I got back from Welcome to Rockville. So as you can tell, my voice is probably shot from, you know, screaming, unclean vocals, in the pit, and in the car ride home. The whole car ride home. Still trying to recover from that. But guys, we have a fantastic podcast today. You know, we've had some that have been like, you know, like those... uh what do you call it? like somewhat like TED Talk kind of style ones? My God, do we jump into it this with this one with Kevin from the band Valley Heart? Before we go into this podcast, I want to thank our sponsors. First, we have Phoenix Fitness. Yes, we are in the midst of summer, and you might want to hit those fitness goals. Well, you might be working towards those fitness goals, so you know, make sure that you know you're happiest and you're healthiest in any way that you can be. You know, running, biking, swimming, hiking. Um, working out, lifting weights, doing yoga, whatever it might be, preparing and making sure that you're good to go continually for festival season. That's perfect. That's absolutely fantastic. Hitting those fitness goals. But what Phoenix Fitness does is they provide different supplements to help you prepare and recover right so that you know your body is best to achieve those fitness goals. They have different pre-workouts, both sim and sim-free, different B-Sibly recovery compounds help your body absorb nutrients into your muscles following your workouts, different creatine blends, different blends for protein for your AM. PM, whey blends, collagen blends, plant-based blends for protein, multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off the code MSOTD at FNXFit.com. Link description to the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. So you want to be the coolest guy and the most you know envious guy when it comes to the coolest music poster around, coolest guy in your dorm room, coolest guy in the office, coolest guy in the garage, coolest guy in your own home. Make your neighbor Jeff jealous because you got the coolest custom poster of all time. He's like, oh, what the heck is that? It's like the coolest custom poster if we came as Romans, bitch. So where do you get that done? That's custom abuse. So here's what custom abuse does. So what they do is, is they ask you for the name of an artist, any artist. I'm going to go with we came as Romans. They either ask you then for an album or a song, your choice. Say the album is Cold Like War and say the song might be Wasted Age, because I don't really like Wasted Age. Then what they'll do is, is they will take that information to create a custom poster just for you based off information using the album artwork, the track listing, the theme behind the song, the, um, the lyrics, whatever it might be. And they will send back to you a proof within 48 hours of your order. And if you like it, that's fine. That's what you get. If you don't like it, tell them what you want change. And they will make those changes for you until you are satisfied. Then they will send you an either normal poster paper so you can like frame it, a canvas print, or as an aluminum freaking sign. You hear that, Jeff? I've got a cold like war aluminum sign. What do you got? Oh, you just got a pair of New Balances and a nicely cut lawn. We came as Romans, baby. So in order to do that, go to Custom Debut's website and you get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Link to the podcast. Thank Custom Debut's. We are also sponsoring the one We Were Hungry Festival. Tickets are on sale now, as I believe. I know the early bird specials out there. There's a shirt for it as well. What is When We Were Hungry? It's the best festival. Turning memes into dreams, pancakes in the pit, baby. Happy October 20th and 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Viva Las Vegas. And all that good kind of stuff. You'll see us there as well. Bands that you have remembered, known, loved. Bands that have been in the podcast are playing there. Like Along Came a Spider, Modern Day Escape, Outlier. I know I'm probably going to be missing some. Um, recently announced from like the day I shot this, literally. Varsity. Yes, Joy Brain Varsity on there. Uh, Palisades is going to be on there as well. Um, I think the bunny, the bear got added. Uh, there's a lot of great, bands. tiny movie parts is on there as well. There are so many great bands on this line. You're not going to want to miss out on it. So go to Vegas, October 2021. When we were hungry fest, the website is grips of the podcast. See you guys in the pit. I'll be the guy holding pancakes. Now to our future presentation. So Kevin from the band Valley Heart is on the podcast. 
their new album heal my head is out now and what do we really go into this album of course they construction the idea behind it but then we really dive deep into the meaning the emotion behind the connecting to yourself connecting to your happiness how the song the numbers talks about the quantifying of our lives and how at times we feel like we have to hit certain things by certain ages and why that's not the way to go about it why comparing yourself not the way to go about it. and kevin from Valley Heart makes this incredible metaphor and analogy about plants and humans that you're not going to want to miss. We also go to the song Your Favorite Jack and see how weather all plays in this as well. This album is an experience. You have to listen from top to bottom. But before you do that, let's dive into this interview with Kevin from Valley Heart for the Corporate Crusher Podcast because you're going to be ready for this album and you're going to be, you know, full on TED Talk experience by the end of it. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, following our podcast with Watashiwa, another band from Tooth and Nail Records came across our way and, well, we decided let's talk with them because they got a brand new album that came out on June 3rd called Heal My Head, so make sure you go check it right now, especially if you like that more alternative style of music, so why don't we just, why don't we just like, you know, jump into a conversation about the whole album, just talk about music and see what happens, so please welcome Kevin not going to lie, one of the coolest names ever because it's also my name. Welcome, Kevin, from the band Valley Heart to the podcast. So, Kevin, welcome what? to the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, Kev. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on and being on the show today, man. I mean, but first off, great name, by the way. Thank you. You too. <laughs> I had to put that in there at some point. But otherwise, you know, how's everything going your end? I know we're recording this before the album releases, but how's everything going on your end? How's life been treating you? You know, all that good kind of stuff. Uh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Highs and lows as, as always, but pretty, pretty steady and sun's coming out, which has been nice. It's been really beautiful here. And yeah, how about yourself? Been doing all right, just working like crazy, going to as many concerts as possible, just trying to enjoy life to the yeah. fullest. I mean, I that's kind of that. the best way yeah, to describe it. Going to a lot of shows too. Yeah, that's been really nice to sort of get back into that. What have been some of the shows that you've been going to or some of the bands you've been seeing and some of the ones that have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe I finally got to see this. Like, this show was fantastic. Yeah, um, I was at a show last night. I went to see Covet. I don't know if you heard of that band. I uh, have heard of the name. Yeah, they're like kind of a instrumental prog rock band. Super cool. Um, but I'm, I saw Perfume Genius a couple weeks back. Saw uh, Men I Trust a few weeks back. Saw Howdy, the band Howdy, and my friend Molly Pardon. They played in Mon- I'm in Montreal. They played in Montreal. Um, but the, one of the best shows I think I've seen in the past few weeks has been Big Thief. I don't know if you know that band. Um, but they, yeah, they killed it. And love that band. But seeing them live sort of elevated my appreciation for for their craft and their songs. And it was it was a really good show. That's always one thing that seems to happen, though, is when you're really into a band, you really enjoy their music. When you go and see them live, if that live performance either matches the energy of the music or the live performance amplifies everything around there, you yeah. become much more like interested in the band, much more connected to them. Even if you were already like, you know, really like the band and really were connected to them. I had something similar happen when I last time I saw We Came as Romans and Welcome to Rockville, because even though I played six songs until the thunderstorms canceled it. We had six songs, straight bangers, just in the rain. The crowd was so into it, and it was just like that kind of a moment just makes you appreciate a band and their craft even more and just gets you even more connected with that music. So it's yeah. always cool, especially to hear people like have those moments and also like kind of relate to those moments at the same time as well. It's just 
ah, the power of music. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's very, very cool. And it's felt very, very um, cathartic to be able to do that with people in the room. Oh, absolutely. Especially after we went through the past two years where for a period of time, we had no idea when this thing called live music was going to come back. But now that it's back, it's just the world feels, you know, at least somewhat, you know, more connected with everything else going on. Somewhat more connected for the positive when you go to these shows, seeing them with people that you know or you don't know, connecting with those people just because you all appreciate the music for a positive. The reason being could be completely different, but... There's a positive aspect behind it. Definitely. Yeah, it's been cool. It has been. And I mean, pretty soon, you know, you guys are going to get the chance as well, especially with the new album out. You know, I'm expecting to see some sort of, you know, tour coming out because I was trying to look that up and I didn't really find anything. That might have been my, you know, lack of sleep or, you know, poor uh, research performance. So, no, we don't have anything in the books yet, but we're working on it. So, nothing on your end. You did your due diligence. Good, thank God, because if I didn't, I was going to be like, okay, feel free to roast the hell out of me at this moment because I probably deserve it. Oh, man. No, you're good. So I kind of want to dive a little bit more into Heal My Head because, of course, it's, you know, your new album. It's the big thing. Want to get more people to know about it, more people interested in it. So when it came when it came to the album, what was the process behind this album? What was the process behind creating it? And really, what was the inspiration behind the whole entire thing? Yeah, Um well, to answer that question, I think um, Valley Heart, we had, this is our second album, and we had released two EPs before in an album, and, and this felt like the, the next album, the next progression. I think a lot of people resonated with our first album, Everyone I've Ever Loved, which was a lot about um, concepts of uh, faith and childhood and all this stuff, and this one just felt it felt kind of intimidating to top just because I, you know, everyone always goes through that as an artist. I think sometimes you're like, wow, like people seem to resonate with this thing I wrote. I'm not going to write the same batch of songs. Right. So like the content's going to be different. The music's probably going to be different because we're always changing and having new influences. Um, so I think it was like, how do we create something that resonates in a way that feels true for who we are, where we are right now. And uh Heal My Head was definitely a product of, of letting go of control of what people, you know, just writing from as genuine place as possible, um, which is what I've always tried to do instead of sort of go back and try to reference a different sound that we did. So it just felt like a natural progression of the sound, but also the lyrics in terms of ideas of understanding our humanity and the universe and and each other and loss and grief and happiness and, and all, all the things in between. Um, I kind of wanted to yeah explore the idea of time and how time fits into how it relates to us and how it warps. It feels long and short depending on where our headspace is at, um, our content, contentment with life and sort of a bunch of concepts I was getting at lyrically, but from a songwriting and production perspective, um, it was a lot of a lot more collaborative than the past stuff, um, the past record that we did. Um, we got together a bunch and really worked on these songs and really sort of tried to view each one of them as if it could be a single in a way, in the sense of each song felt very special and very intentional. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, that one just kind of came together or like that one. You know, we wanted to write a full record that felt solid and cohesive front to back. Um, so to have that time and that space and the great group of guys that we trusted each other musically um, felt like we were able to do that. And it feels really cool. So, yeah, I think 
I don't know. It's really cool because it has threads of what Valley Heart has put out before, but in a lot of ways, it feels like a new take on it and a new perspective of like a new vantage point, you know? Um, but I think you could still hear that it's the band that you might have heard or for new people and they're just getting into it, they can like tra- backtrack and sort of see where we came from as well. And so it feels like a progression in some way. Well, when it comes to feeling like a progression, that's something that every band pretty much has had. I mean, you take a look at, I'll put almost every single band, because there are certain bands that have stuck to like a certain core sound and really haven't deviated from that. (laughs) And if it works out for them, and if it's something that their lyrical content, their style, the way they're creating these songs, put out that emotion and connect to fans, if that is just something that consistently works through so many different aspects, you know, no harm, no foul. There's some bands that really work well with a certain style. But most bands, it's like there's some sort of progression when it comes to how the music changes over the course of time. And that's all based upon a couple of different things. One, your experiences and what you connect with more. That's where the natural part of this whole entire album comes in, where you've experienced some different things. You know, you're experiencing different things in life as you go from one album to the next. As you go through life, different things are going to end up coming to you. So your music is going to end up reflecting that. On top of that, you're talking about everyone I've ever loved. You're talking about them and kind of the topics that you went through there as well. Yeah, the topics are going to be different as compared to Heal My Head. And those topics are going to require some different sounds, some different tones overall, and different styles to really put out exactly the emotion that you're trying to put out there. But the fact that you have some sort of core in there where, you know, people listen to the first album and I'll listen to this one. There's going to still be that progression there, but you're still able to feel that core experience in the music where it's like, okay, these two records are definitely Valley Heart records. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's always cool to have that thread in there with the, with the band or an artist. You're like, oh, wow, like there's something sort of unique or there's a staple there. So, you know, not to say that we have that, but we hope to have that with this as we progress, you know? Yeah, and only time will tell on that one, too, because yeah. with this being your second album overall, you know, by the time album five or six comes in, you're going to get a little bit more of a clear roadmap as to how yes. that progression has come through. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing you did say about this was conceptually, you know, you took a lot more of this more mental picture of it and, you know, relating different things to time, different things to different experiences that are based around that. Now, why did you really want to jump into that kind of an experience when it came to writing the lyrics and really getting this thematic thing and the thematic style down for the specific album? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I It felt like the thing to do at the time. And it felt like the story I had to tell. And, you know, I think I was having a conversation today about the music industry and like, it's all over the map in terms of like release style and how connected songs are to each other. If like they're EP or like some people are just doing singles and you know what, like everyone does something differently and that's super cool and and all the power to everything. But sometimes you have a story to tell. There's just a method on your heart of like how you want to deliver the message you're trying to give. And for me, it felt like it felt like an album and it felt like one that had songs that were connected and sort of referenced each other and, but still could stand on their own um, and wanted it to feel like an experience. Cause I guess I just love albums that feel like that to me. And I appreciate those albums that you can kind of settle into and love the moments on it of like certain songs and parts, but the whole thing kind of tells a story and the whole thing sort of develops its own sort of character as opposed to just the individual songs. Um, and I feel like that's something we did on our first album and just something that I was like, cool, it'd be really cool to 
not just say, oh, Valley Heart was a band that they had that only on their first album, but rather we do that with our albums in general, where like you can have a different story, but still continue that journey um, as you move forward. And I think you're really correct on that as well when it comes to that conversation about the music industry where you've seen so many different bands do so many different things, whether it's, you know, releasing certain singles, you know, releasing EPs or use Memphis May Fire as an example. I think they like on their album that has like 11 or 12 songs, they've released like eight of them as singles. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like, you know, if you want to do that, that's okay. It understand, understandably, you know, looking at how people consume music through streaming services and trying to keep, you know, that kind of zeitgeist of your relevance in the stream of pop culture, just yeah. due to the fact that, you know, you're constantly in rotation on different playlists. You're constantly in the minds of people. It makes sense. But then there's also a point in time where there's a lot of people that still really connect with that whole entire album experience. When you list something from front to back, it's, you know, artists put those on there for very specific reasons. They put that track listing together for a very specific reason. And that's for you to go through this whole entire journey with them. Now, you're not able to relate 100% to the specific nature of what's being talked about in there, but there's going to be a core emotion at and a core meaning at each of these songs, which we're able to connect to and then relate to our own selves as well, which is how we end up going through this journey of this album with you, how we go through this experience with you as an artist and connect with it. So it's like, you know, you're putting this album on, you're putting on Heal My Head, you're going for a drive, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away, and you're just getting lost in this experience based off of that because Nothing else is being focused on except for what this music is showing you, what this music is making you feel, and how your head and how your brain is responding to these different themes, to these different yeah. meanings, to these different uh, different messages. Totally, absolutely. So I kind of just went off on that one a little bit, but it's yeah. something that I love. It's something I absolutely love about like listening to certain albums, though. It's like it's a full experience, and you you potentially can miss out on some really impactful things in certain songs if you don't go through that whole experience. It's true. It's true. And one can make the argument that, you know, the majority of kids or people these days don't have the attention span for that anymore. And to that point, I'd say maybe you're right, but there's still this foolish ambition in me to say that I still want to do it. You know, I, and I think there's still a place for records. It's like people, I think something like people are watching way more TV shows nowadays than movies. Um, but it's like there never won't be movies. You know what I mean? Like there's still a place for that. And even though it might not be the main thing, people are like not going to the movie theaters anymore. Like movies are still being made, right? There's still a place for that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't believe in abandoning the idea of an album altogether. I think there's like you're saying so much, so much good and just so much imagery and sort of just good writing you can play with having a group of songs interact with each other. So. Yeah. Well, even think about it this way, using that TV movie example in, in relativity, people aren't going out to movie theaters mostly because it's become too much of an expense. When it mm -hmm. comes to albums, it's, you know, you're, you're able to consume those albums still, you know, if it's a streaming service, how most people are connecting with music, you're able yeah. to stream those albums the exact same way you're able to stream, stream you know, one single song. So you're yeah. still able to have that whole entire experience. We're taking, thinking about movies as well. People still watch movies, but they're not going out to the theaters, spending 10, 15 bucks per ticket, and then spending yeah. like 20 or $30 extra on snacks. You could take yeah. a family of four there, and it's a $100 outing right there. Yeah. Listening to an album does, does not cost more money than it does to listen to a single. So that's where I see some of the difference Absolutely. coming in. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, totally. In music's favor, right? In album's favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you take when you take a look at it as well, it's you know, people still consume movies. You know, 
movies are breaking constant records at the box office, you know, specifically Marvel movies. But again, it's there's definitely a market that is still there for that type of yeah. experience. Is it the type of experience that we're seeing, you know, as popular as it once was? No, we're not seeing that. However, there's still that type of experience that is still craved by a large yeah. number of people to have that type of just sort of experience and then release of emotion when going through now from top to bottom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's some people who still love records and that's evident. And yeah, it feels like that's a lot of people who listen to Valley Heart are like, I mean, I'm sure there are people who like know certain songs or like certain songs more than others, but I feel like a lot of people more often than not are like into like the album and that's really cool. I'm like, oh wow, like you own the album. Like that's really sweet. And that's another part of just knowing your own audience as well. If the fans of Valley Heart are more in tune to going through these albums and experiencing it that way. And yes, you are going to get people that are going to be on the other side as well as you're never going to have a hundred percent of your fans or hundred percent of people all on one side and all, you know, or none on the other What you're going to have, is you're going to have that mix, but knowing that there are more people in your fan base that connect with the albums and you listen from top to bottom, then it makes a lot of sense that when you're putting out music, that's the focus of it. And that's the focus of delivering your message, delivering the influence and delivering this experience to people through a whole album run through and not just uh, single by single. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. And that's just sheer business economics of it. But, you know, it also is helpful that it aligns also with, you know, your idea of wanting to go through and do a whole album like this, create albums like this and create yeah. a full experience. So it helps. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it is sort of just looking at our audience being, wow, there's a lot of people here that dig full records still. You know, they're maybe on the fringes of where society is going, but they're here nonetheless. And just, I guess, that confirming, like, cool, all right, let's let's write it in a way conceptual-ish album, so. That's really well said. I mean, I don't know how any other way, uh, any other <laughs> way to put it. I'm still scrambling with words now. My brain is still trying to reconnect with lack of sleep. My bad. <laughs> oh, dude, no, you're you're doing great. I, f- I feel like I keep like you know, I'll either like you know, stuttering in my head a little bit. It's like you know, like a buffer moment. Like I need like the little uh, like icon, like the spinning icon, like right in front of me. Yeah, at points yeah. like buffer, buffer. Totally. I mean, yeah. You I mean you guys do podcast though? That's. I admire you for putting yourself in positions where that's constantly probably the case, right? I mean, it is a case, but sometimes you just got to roll with it at the same time as well, because, you know, if you mess up on something, you never know where all of a sudden that could potentially lead. Say you mess up on a word and all of a sudden the conversation takes a complete left turn into something else because that word took into a different way. And next thing you know, you're finding out some really crazy, wacky story about a band taking a box truck to Florida and having guys in the back, you know, smoking weed because what else they're going to do back there? And they get pulled over by the cops and the guys jump out, you know, only in their underwear because it's Florida. It's hot out there. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like a very specific story. It is a very specific story. It's the most memorable one that I've ever heard in the podcast. I mean, that's just the short version of it. I mean, the longer version of it involves an air mattress wrestling and the cop almost, you know, completely falling on the ground laughing and not being able to control himself because he thought it was too hysterical. Okay. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard some crazy stories in the podcast from stuff like that. But I mean, that's what I enjoy about doing this stuff like this. And, you know, sometimes that buffer moment, it all sometimes it leads to good things. And sometimes, you know. Brain sure. scrambles. Yeah, but no, I feel you, man. I'm I'm on the same page, so don't don't worry about it. I got you. 
was like, even like you as a musician, when it comes to writing these songs, you know, writing the lyrics out there, you might have those moments as well where you're working on something. It's like, you know, your brain kind of buffers a little bit and you're stuck on a certain piece because you're trying to write something and you know where you want to start, where you want to end, and you know how you want the emotion to flow. But there's one piece where you just are struggling to potentially connect point A and point B together. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the macro and in the micro, or like in the micro that might happen in like a lyrical part of a songwriter like a section where we're trying to write um and that can feel frustrating but in the macro i mean that feels that way sometimes when you're there's just certain seasons of your life or months where you feel more creatively loose than other moments and things just flow better and then for other times you just sort of feel blocked for other reasons and yeah there's constantly that sort of wave effect you know when it comes to like writing yourself, have you found out like if there's a certain commonality between periods of time where you feel more creative than those where you feel less creative? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I do notice some stuff, but a lot of it is is weird. I, I, I see. There's the buffer. Um, <laughs> the the instinct is to say, "Oh, when I'm feeling good, I'm sort of able to flow and let things out." But that's not always the case, and sometimes there's like a buildup of emotion, right? And then it's sort of spilled onto the page. And that's really great because you're getting like really raw stuff. But I wouldn't say that's like your most consistent form of writing, right? Because like if you're just waiting for like the bucket to fill up to like let it out, that's great. But like you have little method over that capturing, you know what I mean? Um, But the other side of that coin is you can't be so precise about like, well, at 9am, I'm going to write a banger of a song. It's like, well, sometimes those things find you, right? So I think it's this constant balance of like, finding things slash things being found, right? Where it's, you're balancing the, I need to keep sort of the muscles working on my creativity and like keep scheduling time to write and to practice. But also there's certain stuff that you have to just be open and willing to pass through you. Um, But it's always sort of balancing and finding an in-between with those two sort of poles on the spectrum. I mean, that makes a lot of sense just given the fact that, you know, being in somewhat of a creative field over here as well, there are definitely times where it's like there's, you know, the inspiration is just free flowing and it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. But then there are other times where it's just I feel bogged down. There's times where I just feel like I don't really want to do anything. And it could be, and a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of outside forces at play here. What's going on, you know, in my full-time job, how is that affecting me? What's going on with life in general? What's going on with the world? Hell, what's the weather doing? If, you know, it's raining for seven straight days and I haven't seen the sun in three weeks. Yeah, you know, the mood's definitely not going to be there to be fully creative. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that what you're saying is so profound because I think there's an awareness of, sort of our surroundings and our atmosphere that is really crucial on how everything is flowing. Like whether our brain is working or creativity or conversation or even connections with people around you, like not to just leave it up to, to weather or chance or these things, but those things play a huge role, you know? And it's like, you look at a plant or a flower and it's like, yeah, well, if you don't give that thing sun for like seven days, it's not going to look so great, (laughs) you know? And I think we're, we think of ourselves as like above these things, but like at the end of the day, it's like the same sort of things where it's like, if you're not feeding yourself with like the things that give you life, you're going to feel pretty depleted um, at some point, you know? No, absolutely. And I think that flower is a perfect example of it because even though there's a scientific reason behind why that is, I mean, 
we're we're just beings in this that plan this place called planet earth we are you know we're always influenced by nature nature is the most powerful thing out there so yeah. you know if you know we're going to be around people we're all of a sudden you know we've all been around all of a sudden you know three straight weeks we haven't seen the sun there's definitely going to be some different type of energy than if you know we're out and it's you know sunny outside it's nice outside and we feed off of that being aware of those surroundings is such an important thing because not only does it help with you know, understanding yourself and understanding how you operate, connecting with yourself, but understanding how you connect with others as well and how they're connecting at the same period of time as well, because all these different things affect us. And a lot of these things affect us in very similar ways. So being able to understand that it helps you be able to connect with other people, helps you connect with yourself. And when yeah. it comes to really getting that type of inspiration, really getting on, you know, that motivation and drive to continue to be creative and really work on some of these songs that you're working on, working on the process of the album, working on everything around there. Mm-hmm. It just allows for so much more perspective and so much more connection to not only yourself, but also to everyone else around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm, that's a big theme on the album, too. It's that parallel to nature, right? And it's a common thing. But like what you said is like nature is the most powerful thing. And and it's funny. Yeah, I I never understood that so deeply, I think, till like recently. I mean, obviously seeing that, but it really is so powerful and so telling of certain patterns in our own life and the way things come and go and reappear and all that stuff. Um, so tons of tons of that on the album, like that imagery with nature specifically or spring and and weather and rain and and sun and yeah. Wanted to really explore that that concept that we're talking about right now. Yeah, and just again, just connected with the album a little bit as well with the first song you have on there with Birth, just the way that it sounds, kind of giving it this more cosmic journey kind of feel to it because listening to it, it kind of feels like, you know, you're having this out-of-body experience the way it's constructed and you're kind of floating above everything, but you're taking a bird's-eye view at everything that's going on, either in your life, either in the world, kind of like you're floating in space Mm -hmm. a little bit, but it allows you to really understand not only what's inside yourself but also to understand how all these different things in your surroundings are impacting you how they're connecting with you and how maybe they're disconnecting you from other things it allows you to kind of just take that step back initially for this album and put yourself in that headspace of going through the next 11 songs with yourself like out of your body just kind of taking a look and just understanding and seeing everything Mm -hmm. that's happening around you and how everything is affecting you either inside or outside that's cool that's really cool to hear that. That yeah, that's I like that. That's sweet. I I didn't mean to do that, but that's really cool. And I mean, if you didn't mean to do it, then it guess it came off that way to me at least. But that's the yeah. beauty of music, though. Definitely. I mean, that's what. Yeah. I mean, I meant obviously meant for that track to be a good opener to like set the mood. But specifically, what you're saying about it sort of sounding ethereal in a way that sounds cosmic. I mean, there's lots of imagery about space in that song, but sort of the, how it parallels the feeling and how that sets you up for maybe like the numbers, which is the next song, which is like in your face, like, kind of like hits you a little soft and like, you know, aggressive. Um, yeah. Just the way you said it. And that's so cool. You're right. It's art is interpreted in different ways. And sometimes you're like, Oh, I didn't necessarily mean to do that, but you're so right. Like it does do that. And that's really cool to see how it has its own sort of life of its own. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it, too, and especially at the beginning of the album, because it just sets the scene so well for you to really get into this, you know, mindset, get into this feeling, kind of get into a trance in a way 
where you are just focused in on what is going on in the album, focused in on the experience that is happening and being open to the sounds and the music and the voice and, and the voice and the vocals and everything around there, the lyrics, the meaning, yeah. just to really take it in and just see everything from different perspectives, you know, going into the numbers following right after that, really starting to open up that mindset, open up that expanding feel to it and really diving deep further into it. Yeah, absolutely. No, you like, and then you go into the numbers as well. And I think I saw something where we, you know, kind of talking about uh, focusing on like quantifying the aspects of life. Like, of course, numbers, you know, they quantify certain things. It's very cut and dry with numbers. So it's kind of, I kind of thought of, I was like, you know, talking about like quantifying certain things where when it comes to life, people are always trying to obtain certain things, you know, are always focusing on the number, like must have this by this age or must have yeah. this amount of money or this amount of social media following. So Exactly. Was that something where you were really going at with this song specifically with the numbers? Spot on. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was trying to relate it to any set of numbers, but the one, the examples you've mentioned were definitely inspirational in terms of feeling like there should be a certain number of this before this age, another number. And, and, you know, a lot of those roadmaps have value. I'm not saying we should live our lives ignorant of those things, but I think when you get sort of obsessed with or scared of reaching a certain age or, or just the anxiety of not having or thinking a certain number will sort of work to give you this like fundamental happiness. I think there's a big sense of like fooling yourself and I've done it and we've all done it. Um, and this song was just sort of challenging that thought and writing something that felt trying to take myself out of that emotion and being like, what ha like what happens when you get lost in that and how to how to get back out of that where success is more of an intricate thing that you're doing actively rather than like a place in the future and one thing that i kind of like specifically connected with it especially how you describe it as well is i mean think about when you're a kid think about you know okay num like especially age-wise numbers are such a big thing where it's like okay once you reach this age and you get to go to like this school once you reach this age and you get to be yeah. able to do this once you reach this age like 18 you get especially in the u.s once you reach 18 then you're considered adult. once you reach 21 yeah. then all of a sudden you can go out and drink and party go to the bars woo, all that good kind of stuff and my voice yeah. is still kind of shot so i can't you know go the full woo it's like, <laughs> like woo. Half so woo. that's kind of yeah but then it's, half woo and, and then once you get to that certain point, it's like, okay, you know, once you go through, you know, like after high school, if it's like you're going to college and whatnot, or you go to a trade school, you go to a job, whatnot. Once you hit like a certain age, like 22, 23, all of a sudden it's like, now these ages are a lot more spaced out, like these milestone ages, quote yeah. unquote, and different things. It's like, there's different roadmaps potentially go down that are more structured than some of the others based off of just how many people have done them. This is kind of the way it kind of goes. All of a sudden, it's like people kind of get very stuck in this moment. It's like, okay, maybe by the time I'm this age, I have to be married. By the time I'm this age, I should have a kid or two kids. By the time I'm this age, I should be, I should own a house, all this kind of stuff. And are focused on getting these status things on those numbers instead yeah. of really focusing in on where life is going for them and where life is really, you know, showing them. Like for myself, I'm 27. And I mean, by the time, you know, kind of like take a look at like the classic roadmap for 27. I probably should be engaged or married by this point. I might, maybe should have a kid, should have a stable job and maybe getting close to own a home. It kind of, that's kind of like this, this, the specific roadmap or like yeah. the normal roadmap myself though. I'm single. I'm, you know, living my life, just doing what I want to do. Talking to someone like you on this podcast, talking to all these different artists, people oh, yeah. connect with them, listening to music, going to music festivals, going to all these different concerts, jumping in mosh pits without a care in the world. But, <laughs> It's what I like to do. And, you know, 
will I ever get to those certain like, you know, status points or like those certain things that people think you should reach by a certain age? Who knows? I'm just going to enjoy this time right now because it's the present. I don't want to have these certain quantifiable things that I have to get to based on the fact that I should be there by that point. Yeah. And if you're living that story out authentically, doing the things you want to do, you as Kevin going to shows and, you know, doing what feels right. And it sounds like you have a very good grasp on that. If the process of meeting a spouse or all these things happen in that process, it's going to feel genuine and it's going to be right. But if you sort of, oh, I need to force myself into another world that I'm not in to find these things, I don't think that'll feel genuine. And I think deep in your heart, and I think a lot of people live like this and deep in your heart, there's always a sense of, you know, am I really doing what I should be? Or, you know, there's, that's where people have crises, right? And we all have crises, but, um, but I think you're spot on with that, where it's like, these things aren't bad things by any means, but they're the way you can get there can differ a lot. And I think by being genuine to yourself and where you're at and the journey you're on and respecting that journey and loving that journey can be a really tough thing sometimes. And yeah, the numbers is definitely about, about that. So that's how I connected the most because it wasn't easy trying to get to that. It wasn't easy getting to that point to like realizing that. I mean, I went through some things mentally that really completely rocked me, but it was because of that that I started to realize this stuff and now living that out. And for everyone else that's out there, you know, no one's going to have the same life as me. No one's going to have the same life as you. Some people might be going down that roadmap kind of lifestyle. And if you want to go down that, that's what feels natural to you. Then you're basically doing what we're doing. We're just doing life the way that we want to do whatever feels natural because I did like what you say about, you know, when it comes to potentially like finding a spouse or finding a partner, whatever that might be. Sometimes when you try and force it, it just, something just goes haywire. Something doesn't feel right. It's like, take a look at nature. When you try and force nature, you try and control nature and try and force for your benefit. Nature's going to come around and kick you right in the ass. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it'll work out if you water it well, if you sort of take care of it in an authentic way for the needs of that thing. Right. And that sort of looking at nature again, where it's like, we never look at, you know, we look at a maple and it's grandiose and it's huge. And then we look at like a beautiful, like houseplant or something. We're never like, Oh, that thing's, that thing's small compared to that guy. And it's like, well, no, they're two different things, right? Like that's a maple tree and this is a spider plant or whatever, you know? And then it's foolish to say like, well, they're both plants and one's obviously bigger than the other. It's like, no one says that, right? It's like, we're always comparing things to the sort of their character and their beauty. And it's like, well, that's smaller, but that has a shape and it has a different thing going on there. And it has all this stuff. And I think in the same way, like our lives are that way where it's like, yeah, some people are out there and they're doing something at 27 that I'm not doing or different, but it doesn't mean one has it right or one has it wrong. It's just like, there's a million ways you can live your life and everyone's sort of on a different path, you know? Yeah, everyone's on a different path and everyone's path is going to look different. If living that roadmap kind of lifestyle makes you happy, you know, that's what makes you happy. There's no issue in that whatsoever. If doing something that I'm like, like what I'm doing makes you happy, there's no issue in that. If doing what you're doing over there, Kevin, is something that people like to do, there's no issue in that either. If that's what makes you happy, it's just when you're trying to force certain things because you think that's what that's the way it should be or the yeah. way other people are influencing you because. I'm not going to, I mean, I know some other people where it's like, you know, their parents or their friends or family, it's like, oh, we expect you to have this by this age. And there's that pressure there because you don't want to disappoint your family. You want to have that strong connection to your family. You don't want to have that animosity, but at the same period of time, it might be that, that is really, you know, 
hindering your experience in life, really hindering the potential yeah. for your happiness and forcing you down a path that you necessarily aren't comfortable going down or don't even want to go down or might not be ready to go down just yet. Maybe yeah. you want to go out and travel. Maybe you want to go and try something new. Maybe you just want to go and potentially just, you know, live your life, have fun for a couple years and see where that leads you. Yeah. I mean, in the end, when it comes to that quantifiable thing, I understand where it's coming from, but also quantify it for yourself in the same way because you're on a different journey than everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a truth that we all live, but it's one that we have to have a healthy relationship with just like everything, right? It's not something you throw out the door. It's like, none of this matters. It's like, well, it's just, it matters if it matters to you in the right context. Right. So yeah, just to say you're spot on with, um, sort of what's behind that song. And I mean, a big part of it too is about the music industry and about like, you know, Spotify numbers and, and, and all that stuff where it's, again, it's a reality that I live in that we all live in. Um, but it can be really weird when you're sort of equating it to like what the meaning of success is for your project or, you know, things, how things go. And again, yeah, there's like, Oh, like if we had a hundred thousand or a million, it's like, well, there's always someone out there with 5 million or 10 million or, a, a, you know, a hundred million. It's the game just never stops. Right. So it's like, at what point, like what point is it going to be like good for you? And I think it's a, that answer, that question is a lot deeper than like a specific number, but it's like some people say, like, well, I just want to be touring all the time. Or like, I want to write music that just really connects with people. So it's a lot more complex than just like hitting a number, you know? Yeah. I think it was someone like, I think Bob Marley said something around the lines of like the rich will find out how rich they really are when they realize they can't eat money. I think it was mm -hmm. something like that. Mm. Hmm, never heard of that. I so it's kind of in that same it's kind of that same mentality where you know there's always something bigger, there's always something yeah. larger, there's always something more to obtain. And if that's what you want to go after, again, no harm, no foul. But say your success is using I'm gonna do Spotify monthly. Say your Spotify monthly listener. Say your success, what makes you happy is you get twenty thousand monthly listeners. You're going around regionally. You know you're playing shows, but you're also able to stay close to your family, connect that way. If that's what makes you happy, and that's what you know makes you the happiest person in the world, who's to say you're not as as successful as the people that you know are out there, the bands are out there that have tens of millions of monthly listeners or tens of millions of streams on certain songs and are touring around the world, but that's doing what they love, like. If you're yeah. both doing what you love and you're both genuinely happy at the end of the day, if you go to bed and you're like, I'm enjoying the life that I'm leading, who's yeah. to say you're not a success at this point? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good thought. And I think that takes a lot of self-awareness to understand who you are. It's like the plant metaphor, right? Where it's like, when, if you're a plant, like, when do you know, all right, I'm stop the growth is sort of peaked, right? Because I think certain plants they'll grow, but then like they won't keep growing to be it. Sometimes it's like, well, this is what it is. It's like it's grown as much as it can. Um, but other things they just keep growing. And I guess it's like it takes a level of like what you want and who you are to like understand what success means to you, you know? Yeah, and that plant metaphor, I'm not gonna lie, is probably one of the best metaphors I've ever heard because <laughs> I mean, well, think about it. It's you know, if I'm comparing myself to you, it's like we're two completely different people. Kind of that yeah. same. We're like two completely different plants. It's you're gonna be when it comes to plants, you're gonna be focused on you know the the character of that plant. You're gonna be focused on the beauty of that plant, yeah. the, just the charisma of it. What I mean, there's a lot of times where people will you know compare compare themselves to each other because it's like oh they have more Spotify listeners, oh they have more followers on social media, oh they you know make five thousand dollars more a year than I do. 
Yeah. Well, they're com- you're completely different people. You're completely different right. people are built completely different ways, have completely different interests, and know what makes you happy is complete could be completely different. Why yeah. would you compare yourself to something that isn't, you know, that isn't you or isn't like on that same kind of path that you yeah. are? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's it's an engine that has driven a lot of people to discontentment and madness, myself included. It's the comparison, the, you know, the the cancer of comparison that we all are sort of have you know and i think you know it, it's just part of dealing with life and sort of having a hold on that and like having a healthy relationship with it but it can get really dark and like really heavy if you don't sort of have that in check you know oh it definitely can because when you don't have that in check then your whole focus is based on how other people might be better at you than you that certain things that all you're focused in on is how you're second tier, how you're second rate and how you're just not as good as them. When in reality, if you're focused in on, you know, what's making you happy, you're focusing more on yourself in that, in that vein, of course, you're going to want to, you know, worry about others in terms of, you know, potentially like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, care for other people at that same point as well. But when it comes to mentally on that comparison standpoint, you're going to want to focus in on more, you know, what makes you happy because, you know, maybe that mark that, you know, makes you happy. Again, Spotify listener, say it's 20000 a month. Say that's going to be the mark that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It could be the other person next to you that mark has to be a million to make them happy. They yeah. could be at 500000 and you could be at 15000 And it's like, you know, if you compare yeah. yourself to them, you're never going to, you're always going to want more and more and more and chase after that. And the mark that, you know, you were happy with, you're just going to end up not focusing on that. And that Mark's going to end up just going so out of whack where you're focused in consistently on trying to do better than somebody instead of trying to do the best for yourself. Yeah, totally. I feel like I could put that into a, I feel like the two of us could put that into a Ted talk and it would be like, Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy stuff. You might have to submit that to it and just be like, all right, here's a little snippet. We'll put it together, like make sure everything is condensed perfectly. Boom. Ted talk right there. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> or with this thing, it'd be like more like mic lower slowly. Yes. <laughs> Got the mics going here. Yeah. One other song I did want to talk about a little bit before we end up, you know, wrapping this up specifically is probably the one that was my favorite on the song, which was, I know it's a single out there right now with your favorite jacket. That was mm-hmm. one that probably stuck out to me the most in terms of, the sound because for me it's like i'm i mean i a lot and more in tune to the heavier stuff that's just kind of the style i like it was Mm -hmm. the dynamics around your favorite jacket that really is the thing that brought me in the most out of any song on the record so when it came to your favorite jacket what was the inspiration behind this one and where'd you really come up with this song yeah um well the story behind it's pretty funny so we had a, another drummer for a long time named John who's one of my best buddies and uh, he moved out West. Um, so we started hanging out with the new drummer, Zach, who's in our band now. Um, and he, 2018, I think he was like, dude, we should hang out and jam. And I never really hung out with them much. And I was like, yeah, yeah sure. And he's like, how's this Saturday? I was like, the Saturday's great. So the night before I was like, shit, like, I don't know what to jam with this kid. Like, I, I don't, there's songs I have but like what do we do and I was like I'm gonna write a song just out of the blue right now and and we can just jam on it tomorrow I'm just gonna write like a verse and a chorus and it actually ended up being what later later became your favorite jacket um like three years down the line we we have a voice memo of, of our first time ever jamming together me and Zach and we're just sort of playing it and it's so different I mean it's like so fast and like 
it was a lot it took that song was the song on the record that changed the most from like start to finish where we were playing it for like a year and a half a certain way and it was like even heavier than it is now not that it's heavy now but like it's like it was like heavier and faster and once we sort of contextualized the other songs in the record we were like okay like this one does not feel it's feel like it's fitting in a way that feels good it's not like popping in a good way it's like popping in a bad way so we sort of reimagined it like four months before we hit the studio and got like a new tempo going got a new key um and it was a, a it's funny kind of sort of parallel to our first jam but zach and i were like man let's try to reimagine this song this was three years later and we came up to essentially what is the version now with like sort of the the chill kind of chugging along on that beat but then like it's sort of having those peaks still that from the older version. So yeah, that one went through like a reconstruction deconstruction a couple times. And uh, I think lyrically speaking, it was in the same place. Most of the time, I just wanted to write a song about the volatility of weather and paralleling that with our volatility and emotion and how, you know, there's seasonal depression and this hope for summer. And sometimes this, hope for the spring and sometimes there's a hope for winter because we're tired of summer and we seem to go through these cycles of desire that i find interesting and find it really interesting being from new england that has like tons of seasonal changes um to always see like the cycles and sort of the the, uh the the patterns you know that happen with certain months and certain emotions certain months and like i really get i always get pretty bummed out in march for some reason and it's like it's like that thing we were talking about where it's like there's all these forces at play in our, our lives and sometimes we think it's like oh it's because i had a bad day or something where it's like no maybe like sometimes it's like a yearly thing where it's like this time of year it's like always tough for me for some reason and i don't necessarily know completely why but so the song wanted to just explore like all those dynamics i think and uh that's your favorite jacket that is a lot to go into man i mean yeah. <laughs> first off when it comes to it the fact that this song is, you know, the one that like went through the most amount of changes to and from, you know, from its initial conception to its final release, just seeing those different peaks and valleys, it kind of explains perfectly the meaning of the song at the same time as well, because you're talking about the different peaks and valleys we go through with our own emotions, you know, it's yeah. an allegory to the passage of time over the course of the seasons, nature and everything. I mean, like I said, like, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I'm not yeah. sure how volatile, like the closest of volatility between the Northeast and uh or the new england area and where we are but i know it's you know i know it's close because we experience yeah. you know all four seasons well hell right. you and i both know we can experience all four seasons in the span of one week if and we really a, yeah to. exactly exactly <laughs> but it's like you know thinking about that as well it just shows how you know throughout those seasons even myself like you know like april like march and april hit and it's kind of like a lull because it seems like you know spring is coming but there's a lot of different change a lot of rain yeah. but it's just it's not as bright. All of a sudden, June hits, and now it gets brighter. July and August, a little bit of difference. I mean, it's still the energy there in summer, but that summertime, that summer heat and that humidity sometimes gets to you. So you're yeah. a little bit more on this relaxed and more of this kind of tired state. September, October hit for me. I'm flying at that point. It's yeah, like I'm loving yeah. that time of the year. November hits. Yeah. And November, November hits, starts to level off, and then all of a sudden Thanksgiving hits. I'm huge on Thanksgiving. Then my birthday's right after that, and I fall flat like all the time. Just, yeah. just, and it's, and it's also with, you know, what we talked about, yep. right? it's like, you know, the passage of time, those numbers, all of a sudden it's like that next number. Always when I hit my birthday, usually just like a, it's a weird day. 
It's like just yeah. a weird feeling. But then all of a sudden yeah. the next day comes and it's like I take a look back at the previous year that I had and see mm-hmm. all the great things that happened during that year. And then I get to create all new memories and get to do that once again the following year. And just seeing how that goes through. It's an allegory for life as well. We go through certain moments where all of a sudden yeah. things are going really well. Things might be going a little bit dull. Things might be going just not as well. We have to weather out the storm. But it shows that, you know, there's always going to be this constant change in nature, all these peaks and valleys. But those valleys only go so low and you're going to end up coming up at some point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And being present in all of those seasons is, I think, the key to living a meaningful life, you know, where you're not just checking out or or disassociating. Because that's something I struggle with. It's sort of when I'm in those sort of lower states, it's like hard to be present and to feel connected to maybe people around me and i think a big work has been like how do i you know how do i do that like because life's not always going to be awesome like there are going to be these peaks and valleys and i think instead of trying to fight it through it sometimes sometimes you have to fight through it but sometimes it's like cool like this is sort of the state that we're in just like the weather right um but how do i remain connected and 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 a part of you know, not just sort of in my head, you know, and that's sort of the heal my head thing too, where it's like these, all these things are connected, but it's like being fully integrated with the moments that are happening around you can be really hard. But I think it's like at the end of the day, like that's pretty much all we have, you know? Yeah. And I think I I forgot where I read this, but it was something I read right before going to welcome to Rockville was something where our brains are typically either preview machines or remembering machines where it's like we're always looking to the next thing or we're always looking back at something else that happened we're never fully ingratiated in the presence and when i thought about that like i saw i think it might have been on the road down to welcome to rockville i was like that is something that's interesting so one thing that that's always one thing to keep in mind is like when you're in certain moments be in that present and the times when i was able to be in the present at that point like I was in those concerts. I was in those mosh pits. I was, you know, going crazy in the rain and we came as Romans. I was passing so many crowd surfers over my head for Papa Roach. It was absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Walking around, yeah, meeting but- different people all over the place, like being present in that moment. It's like the amount of fun I had in that moment and only caring about that moment. It was yeah. just like, wow, it's incredible. And yeah. then just, you know, being able to kind of think about that thing and relating it to nature, relating to the changing seasons, relating to those lull moments and understanding that, you know, that's one of the best ways to connect is just to try and focus in on, you know, just what's going on in the moment at those times. Of course, you're always going to want to do things to remember and, and preview certain things. But if you're having trouble with that disconnection thing, one thing I like to think about is now is just think about what's going on at that moment. Try and connect what's going on what's literally right in front of you, what's like six inches in front of your face. If you're with friends, don't focus on things that are going on tomorrow. Don't focus on things that happened last night. Focus on what's going on at that given moment. Then yeah. you might start to break out of that. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of therapy tactics that sort of touch therapy, right? And and breath work that is completely linked to that idea of what is literally in front of you right now and sort of touching it and feeling it and breathing it and living it to ground you in that moment. And I think music can be a big part of that puzzle. So it's really cool. Oh, it absolutely can. And especially on this album as well, the way it's constructed from top to bottom, it's again, when you start out with birth and it feels like for me specifically, it's kind of like you're kind of leaving your body away and you're focusing and you're looking at what's going on with you at that present moment. You know, everything's connecting with you. Sure. It's like, you're not directly like experiencing it, you know, like hitting it. It's not hitting you in the chest right then, but you're seeing how everything is connecting with you at that moment, especially as you go through the rest of the album. 
yeah. it brings forward that moment and feel of focusing in on the present, understanding where you're at right now, understanding, you know, potentially some certain things about the future as well. You know, if where you're going right now is leading you to that, but focusing in on the exact now to really connect with everything else that's going on around you and connecting with yourself as well. There's a lot of things going on here, but the flow of the album really puts that into perspective. Definitely. Thanks, man. That's really cool. To hear. Oh, oh, you're very welcome. Like I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't going to come on this podcast interview with you and not like listen to the album and be ready to talk about it. That would have been just, that'd have been just not right. <laughs> yes. Like that, that might be the best way to put it. Just would not have been right because then all yeah. of a sudden we wouldn't have had these incredible moments of, you know, like Ted talk style things around yes. being present emotions and, uh, you know, be present with emotions, understanding certain things. And then the quantifiable style of the numbers yeah. and kind of going into that mindset. I mean, I, that's why I love having these conversations, seeing the different perspectives that you put out there, seeing how we can relate to all of them and all of a sudden getting a better understanding, not only for your music and for your album, but also for your mindset, who you are as a person and really getting to ingratiate all that in there so that when we do listen to the music, we get even more of that full experience because of it. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, I hope people enjoy it. I hope they find that they are able to connect with it in that way that you have. That's super cool. I hope so too. So that means that they have to start out with birth and run all the way through because that's going <laughs> to yes, be the best the way, way to do it. Run the whole entire album through. Literally yeah. get in your car, spend 45 minutes, just go for a drive, put on the album, put on Heal My Head by Valley Heart and just get into the experience because yeah. when you're driving, only thing that's the only thing that's you know connecting you is going to be the music that's going on and how it's connected in your head. Oh, for sure. I love I love long drives and throwing something on. It's my favorite thing. Oh, it's absolutely incredible. Well, Kevin, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I like to do is always give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of this episode. So, Kevin, one of the best names of someone I've had on this podcast because, well, you know what? Floor is yours. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Kevin Klein. Uh, Valley Heart, we have an album coming out, Heal My Head, as we just talked about. We're so excited. We're so proud of it. It comes out June 3rd. It's maybe already out go check it out on spotify go buy a vinyl physical record um it's at toothandnail.com uh slash merch now i think it's on tooth and nails website the pre-order for the record and yeah follow along uh valley heart ma on instagram uh kevin klein the actor on uh on the personal one and uh love to to stay connected and keep writing songs about this crazy world we live in. <laughs> not gonna lie i love that instagram name <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, because my last name, right? It's people are always like, oh, like, yeah, because there's an actor out there, and I just leaned into it. Just lean into it, just have some fun with it. So now it's time for this podcast with three very separate things. First thing is first, yes, Valley Heart has a brand new album called Heal My Head. It will be out by the time this podcast comes out. So here's what you're going to want to do with it. You're going to want to listen to the whole entire thing from top to bottom. Yes, you're going to want to go through the whole album run through. You're not going to want to piece this one together because the experience from top to bottom is the way to go about it. So you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to stream the album, buy the album, buy the merch for it, buy you know, the, the vinyl record for it because, well, this needs more vinyl over over here because I like to listen to vinyl too. You're also going to want to connect with the band on social media. You're going to want to connect with Kevin on social media as well. So you're going to want to go to all those places you just, you know, said, described and all that stuff. But instead of having to do all the work yourself, let me do the work for you. So go to the description of the podcast, 
See where it says find Valley Heart online. You're going to see links to their social media, links for YouTube, links where you can find them online, where you can buy merch, where you can, you know, stream their music, download music, buy their music, all that good kind of stuff. It's all going to be there. Links, labels, everything. I'm making it a one-click move for you. I'm not making you have to search this stuff up. I'm doing it all for you. So look straight to the podcast. It's going to be there. Now time for number two. Kevin, whenever I have guests on the podcast that I've enjoyed having on the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise as a thank you for being on the podcast and as a way to continue to show my support for you and the band as well. This promise has been hit every single podcast I've done. And this, this, this train just keeps on rolling. So my promise is not an if. If implies possibility of not happening, and I don't like that. I say mm-hmm. when. When implies it's going to happen. We just don't know the date or time yet. So when I get to see Valley Heart perform live for the first time, Kevin, my promise to you is this, and that is first round's on me. All right. I'll and take hold, it. And hold me to it, man. Hold me to All it. All right. I will. Perfect. Thank per- you, Kevin. You're very welcome. And as we bring this podcast to its official conclusion, Kevin, this is not goodbye because that is way too final because I would love to have another conversation with you on the podcast like this once again in the future. On top of that, I have to make good on that promise. So I will be seeing you live at some point. First round's on me. So goodbye. No, no, no. Too final. This is. See you later. Well, 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 folks, this is my interview with Kevin from the band Valley Heart. Once again, their new album, Heal My Head, is out now, so go check it out and listen to it from top to bottom. Do not miss out on this record in that kind of style. You're not going to want to piece this one together. You want to listen to the whole entire thing front to back for the experience, for the emotion, for everything around there. So you're also going to want to you know, follow the band on Facebook as well. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram. Follow along with them on social media, listen to music, buy their merch, all that kind of stuff. So the best way to do that is to go to the podcast under Find Valley Heart Online. Links and labels for everything. Click follow, click share, click subscribe, tell your friends, listen. Everything around Valley Heart is right there for you. Now, I also want to thank you guys for listening to the Corporate Progression Podcast. And be sure to follow the Corporate Progression Podcast Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as well. When it comes to watching the podcast, you can watch all the videos on YouTube. Watch us talking to the artists. You can also listen audio stream my Spotify, podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. All these streams for the podcast for you guys as well. So I want to say thank you for your subscribe. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. If you're not subscribed, please, please, please do. If you're just here for one, you're like, oh, Kevin, I'm not going to subscribe. I just want to hear, you know what you had to say about Valley Heart. You know what I say to that? Thank you for stopping by. I hope you reconsider, and we hope to see you back for another one, my man, or one, or person. Or, yeah, we're just going to go with that. So, thank you for your sponsors, Phoenix Fitness, Cuffs Debuts, links, and promo code scripts of the podcast. Also, don't forget about when we were hungry festival because, well, pancakes in the pit, baby. Find me in the pit October 20th and 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, please go and do that as well. Thank you, Kevin from Valley Heart. Can't wait to have another conversation with you once again. Can't wait to perform live for the first time. And, man, we got deep into some good emotional stuff, TED Talk kind of stuff, but... I hope this episode helped you out, you know, maybe gave you a little bit more of an insight, maybe a little more inspiration, a little bit more of an understanding for yourself as well to take some of those steps to maybe, you know, get that self-awareness. Hope it helps. That's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for to the Cohort Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of them. a big, healthy, and hearty, not going high on this because my voice can't hit. So, see y'all.